This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative underground back alley, secret society, underbelly, speakeasy, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners, the off-season program here at the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Uh, just right before we recorded this, Julio Rodriguez was named the AL Rookie of the Year for the year 2022, the year you're living in right now. We talk about that. We hit all the hot stove stuff. We talk a little bit of, you know, Josh Bell, Nimmo, uh, Yoshida, Mitch Haniger. And then, of course, we get to the pressing matter. The Actually, it's a not a pressing matter. It is a good matter. It is a soothing matter, I should say, about T-Mobile Park now letting the public back into the center field. That's right. Uh, underage drinkers will be out there puking on each other. The drinking enforcement will be hauling them out. All of that fun is back at T-Mobile Park. We talk about that and some changes around the park and with tickets and things like that. Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up and get out of the way so you can enjoy the newest episode that starts right about now. Hi, I'm Jeff Burroughs. Saturday night, every kid 14 and under who comes to the Mariners Angel game gets an official Mariners batting glove free. You can use them for baseball, tennis, you name it. And best of all, they're just fun to look at. Batting glove night is Saturday, April 11th, when the Mariners meet the California Angels. Kids 14 and under get a fun to look at batting glove free. All right, all right, Hannah. Breaking news. Do you know about break? Do you know about the breaking news? Yeah, I had to remind you of it. Yeah, well, to me, it was such a shoe in that I, I, I didn't know how MLB was gonna, you know, produce this show. It was pretty awesome. Uh, at the time of this recording, we're doing this. We uh, we just finished up watching Julio Rodriguez get the AL Rookie of the Year award officially. Now it was kind of like one of these formalities we were uh you know waiting on these uh test results uh, <laughs> to see if if everything that he did was better than everybody else of course us seattle fans are a bit biased but it, it was you look at the power numbers look at the the stealing of the bases the outfield play it was all around a five tool uh performance this season wouldn't you say hannah yeah, I mean, in 132 games, he batted 284 with 28 jacks, 75 ribbies, 25 swipes, and had an OPS of 854. I mean, he was flat out amazing. The one disappointment I had throughout the whole thing was seeing the one bozo who voted for Radley Rutschman in first place. Who was so that? Julio did. I, uh, it's hard to say. I'm sure it'll come out, but he is unanimous. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's It's... Unanimous. The only other person that I, I, I dude, there's none of them. If I had to make a case, actually, for one of them, I, it might have been Quan. 
you know, I I saw that guy play a lot this year. Uh, he was he's a fucking stud. I mean, you know, Rush and 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 Quan are both from Oregon State, so it was basically Julio versus Oregon State there in the in that uh, in that you know final in the finalist uh, show right there. But uh, I th- I thought the show was really cool. It was really awesome to see Alvin Davis. Uh, give away the award they brought up that alvin davis was in a tough uh al rookie class uh was him uh roger clemens and uh who else was it mark langston for rookie of the year yeah that was a good class i mean obviously roger had the best career out of them so you know it doesn't always mean that this person's going to go on to be uh you know better than the, the maybe the people that he's up against uh this is a nice class there are some other rookies you know bobby witt jr there's some good rookies that were out there this season especially in the american league uh but yes he should have got it unanimous i mean this is just like when griffey got you know v- voted in as a first time hall of Famer. You're, seattle you're never going to get this full respect right yeah exactly and i mean um it's nice to see you know julio get inducted as the rookie of the year you know he's the fifth uh mariner to win that award so i mean what a great year and like you said it doesn't always transpire the last mariner to win rookie of the year was kyle lewis and we've seen how his career has taken kind of or hit the brakes i should say you see it a lot in other sports too um i think baseball seems like it's a little bit more of a mainstay thing uh but going back to the person that's didn't vote for Julio. We got to find out who they are. I mean, that's the kind of thing where you got to know you're the only person. You wonder if it's one of those things where somebody's trying to uh, get people to find out who it is. It could be a stunt because I just think it's it's bonkers. It's 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 ludicrous. It's a bullshit. Okay. And also, I would love to talk to this person and be like, so what are your thoughts on Cal Raleigh? So I can just show you how unqualified for your job you are. Yeah, I mean, Cal did have a great year, but so did Adley. Um, yeah, he had course. some great numbers, too. You know, logical thinking would be that it would be the writer from uh, probably the Boston Sun or the Baltimore Sun, but it's hard to say. That would be my guess, you know. Okay. That, but, I, you know, it could be someone from Toronto. Who knows, you know, like, but I would just guess that way. Yeah, I could see if, you know, it was a – a Baltimore writer that's just like, I'm ride or die with the O's. What, what you going to do about it? You know, okay, some respect. Uh, but how cool was that to see AD? Yeah, it was real cool. I mean, that was really nice. You know, it kind of gave it away, even though we are, like you said, we already knew he was going to be uh, more than likely announced, yeah. you know, having Alvin do it. But yeah, it was great. You know, Alvin along with, you know, Kaz and Ichiro and like I said earlier, Kyle Lewis to be, uh, all named as rookie of the years out of the Mariner organization. It's it's really cool. Yeah, it felt like how you feel when you graduated high school, right, or or college, or something where you're like, okay, I did all the work. I know that I'm I'm graduated. Uh, give me my diploma now. And you kind of got to wait for it. It was kind of like a surprise party that got you know you found out about it way long before it is. And Julio still had to act a little bit surprised. I know there was probably God just so much elation going through his body when he could finally hear it. That was awesome watching his whole family there. You also had, yes, it gave it away. <laughs> Tip the cap. What, what if Alvin Davis was on there and was like, 
uh, I'd like to announce Adley Rushman. You know, <laughs> like what what happens? Does everybody be like, how could Alvin go on there and fuck MLB and fuck their producers? But no, we, we didn't get to that. Uh, we didn't get to that. Uh, I don't have any uh, uh, champagne to pop. I heard. Did you hear the pop of the champagne when they were interviewing him afterwards? I did hear that. I did not. I was not expecting that. But yeah, that was pretty cool. I don't have any champagne. It's it's Monday. Uh, can't be popping champagne quite yet. Uh, but I do have a Diet Dr. Pepper. So let me pop uh, the top to this Diet Dr. Pepper it, from the rye bread and mustard uh, crew to Julio. Here it goes. Man, that burns. I haven't had one of those <laughs> in a long time. But uh, yeah, congrats to Julio. And also, yeah, me and Hannah were watching it live. I, I kind of put the footage up on the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. If you want to see some bootleg footage of the award, go check us out there on the Rye Bread and Mustard Instagram uh, where you can check out that and some other exclusive stuff. I mean, we have uh, footage from Julio in spring training hitting the in the park home run, some other stuff. He's been really accessible to just the fans and people. He's a really awesome guy. You couldn't have picked a better, you know, personality as well. Um, I know that they did bring up that, you know, Hey, the start of the season, they had it right there on the screen. 16. Was that called strikes or just strikes in general that were outside of the zone that he didn't even, uh, you know, go away from his approach and didn't go after. Yeah, you're right. 16 uh, balls that were called strikes. And uh, I just want to bring up, like you mentioned, the, uh, yeah, I highly suggest um, people to go to the Rye Bread and Mustard Instagram page and check out that video of the uh, inside the park home run in spring training that Myron took. I mean, it's it's such a good video yeah. and so high quality. It shows the whole at bat, him coming into the dugout after celebrating with his teammates. I mean, it was, in my opinion, the moment that he arrived as a Seattle Mariner is it, phenomenal. And I really suggest people checking it out. Yeah. it You know, being there prior to that, there was a lot of talk that he was making the roster when that happened, um, you know, in the media, um, just around the Peoria sports complex, you know, you're down there in spring training. You're, you're talking a lot of baseball is a lot of like baseball people that really follow baseball versus just the general fan. Uh, and he hit that in the park home run. And actually the ninja has the best footage. I still have not gotten it from him. He's actually got that whole thing in slow-mo, which I'd love to get and splice up. But anyways, yeah, Julio's great. Signed a ball for me that I gave to my 91 year old half, 91 and a half, almost pushing 92 here to grandma Norma. Everybody knows grandma Norma comes on here. She's got her Julio, uh, ball sitting, uh, you know, on her bookshelf. He's just a cool dude. I've said this more, you know, it's Man Crush Monday. Our Man Crush is Julio. We should probably move on. There's more Mariners talk to talk about here on the Rye Bread and Mustard Season 2, Episode 3, Episode right here on the Odyssey Network or wherever else you're getting your podcasts. Uh, also, remember to like, subscribe, and review. And just like Julio, we love those five tool players like Julio, don't we, Hanson? Oh, yeah. 
hopefully we get another rookie of the year next year. Yeah, and hopefully we get another rookie of the year next year. And you know what we more like than rookie of the year and five-star players is five-star reviews. Don't be scared to go give us the review. Hey, Brian, give me a hand with this stuff, will you? Why don't you put in your equipment bag, dummy? The equipment bag? I haven't got one. Come on, help me out. Huh? You've got too much equipment to carry and not enough hands. What will you do? What will you do? Mariners equipment bag night is Saturday, July 4th, when the Mariners play the Chicago White Sox. Kids 14 and under get a brand new bag, free, and your problems are over. The Mariners Express equipment bag. Don't leave the dome without it. Um, you know, going back to uh, last episode, we were just starting the uh, GM meetings, following the GM meetings that were going down in Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but what are the biggest takeaways that you've heard coming out of the GM meetings, especially when it comes to the Mariners, and then maybe we'll go a little bit broader to the our competition? Um, well, I've, I've, I've read some uh, things online from uh, John Paul Morosi saying that the Mariners are very much interested in uh, Nemo, mm-hmm. the center fielder from uh, the Yankees or from the Mets, yeah. excuse me. As well as uh, also hearing now that the Mariners are highly interested in outfielder from Japan, Matsutaka Yoshida. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are kind of the two names that I heard are kind of linked to the Mariners specifically. So that's about what I've heard so far. How about you? Yes, I've been hearing that name a lot. I've been hearing. Uh... Yoshida's name a lot. I've also been hearing Josh Bell. Um, you know, if we want to land on Josh Bell here for a second, you know, he was an all-star in 2019, uh, you know, hit over 30-something home runs, had 119 RBIs, you know, 2020. Obviously, it was a shortened season. You know, he hasn't put those specific numbers back up, but still, last year he was hitting 301 before he went to the Padres. Yeah, he only hit 192 down there and didn't do so great. Kind of, kind of has this triggering feeling of, uh, you know, Frazier when you <laughs> when you think about him. Um, but this guy hits from both sides of the plates. We've talked about it. Plays first base. Yes, we do have a first baseman, but the DH situation needs to be upgraded also ty has shown in the past few seasons that even though he gets through these injuries and he gets out there on the field it seems like it wouldn't be bad to be taking care of one of your best hitters uh also you know he would essentially do a a 36 year old i don't want to use ageism because i hate it i hate it Uh, that's that's coming from an from an older person than 36 but uh 36 and uh, Bell's going to be 30 when the season starts, I believe. And, uh, it, you know, it would be a bit more, of ex- much more expensive, but an upgrade to me. What are your thoughts on Josh Bell and how do you think he would fit on the Mariners uh, with the roster the way it is right now? Well, I mean, with another award that Julio won was the Silver Slugger, I, I kind of, I want to say that Bell was in the running, if not won one this year, too. I could be wrong. I might be mixing him up with somebody else. But, uh, yeah, Josh Bell would be a great addition, you know, to take over for maybe the Santana role. Um, Like you said, switch hitter, a little bit younger. 
has some more, probably more miles left in him. But yeah, I think he would be a nice pickup for the Mariners. I've been kind of hot on him even before it was a reality. I just was watching some Padres games and going, man, you know, he was just part of the Soto deal quietly, quietly. And I was reading this article of going like, he has he hadn't performed the way they wanted, uh, you know, him in the trade. But so neither did Soto. You know, the, the the guys that came over from Washington didn't really perform. You know, but they still made it to you know a couple games away from getting to the World Series. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree with all that, no, no doubt. Yeah, so I mean, you're getting somebody that has some playoff experience and big at bat experience. And, you know, he's in that right age group, you know, that a lot of these guys are, you know, late 20s, early 30s. I think it's a, I would think it's a good mix. Again, what's the price going to be on that? I don't see, honestly, somebody like him getting signed too early. I think that might be one of these, uh, maybe after the meetings sometime close to Christmas. Uh, Hopefully, you know, I, I mean, I'd be all for this. I'm hoping that's my, my one you know, realistic person that I really think would fit. And so would, so would, uh, Nemo or Nemo. How do you say his name? Brandon Nemo. Yeah. Finding Brandon Nemo, you know, finding a way to sign Brandon Nemo bell and, you know, getting Yoshida, that would be awesome. But also, you know, we have a lot of out, we do have a lot of outfield options. Are they up to the standards of what Mariners fans and what the front office feels I don't think so right now. Um, with that being said, uh, let's check in on some of these big, the big, the big dogs of this free agent class. Uh, again, obviously Aaron Judge is the bell of the ball. What are you hearing about uh, Aaron Judge? Um, you know, probably that everyone is in, is wanting Aaron Judge. Uh, probably the Yankees more than anybody. But also hearing the other big names, the Dodgers, you know, the the Giants being named in on him. I mean, he's a guy who's going to get probably upwards of three hundred million. Um, wow! So that would, I mean, the Mariners can afford that if they want to make that type of uh, acquisition, in my That's opinion. So, um, but you know, he would be great in the outfield. It was nice to see when New York was in town, how him and Julio got along. You noticed it at the all-star break with them conversating, but it all comes down to money. So it's whoever's going to fork over the most cash, in my opinion. And I know we just marvel at the home runs and, you know, him taking out Babe Bruce record, but man, this guy realistically could play any position in the outfield if you needed to him. I don't think he's an everyday center fielder, but he has played center field. He's played right field. He's played left field. So he's he's been around the outfield. So there's versatility, which is the thing that, you know, Jerry and Scott talk about all the time. Yeah. And going back to contrast, what we talked about just a little bit ago with Yoshida and Nemo, the word I hear about Yoshida uh, reading up on him is he's not a very good defender, doesn't really have the foot speed, kind of maybe, you know, in the same breath of a winker or even like a former Mariner, like, you know, in Orioka, you know, somebody like that. So he doesn't have the defensive prowess that the Mariners are probably looking for. And then as far as Nemo goes, yeah, he isn't the fastest guy as far as base running speed and stealing bases, but he's an He's a defender that most guys think since he's getting up to be in his 30s will probably 
be better moved to a corner outfield position. So, like you said with Judge, he can play everywhere. But then to talk about those other two guys, that's kind of where I've read they can lay out as far as the Mariner roster. Right. And of course, the you know the the next tier down would be the four big shortstops, correct? Oh yeah, I mean it, we've talked about it before. I think you have to seriously upgrade up the middle, and one of those four shortstops would be a massive upgrade, in my opinion. Yeah, I keep hearing this Trey Turner wants to be on the East Coast because he's from Florida. I have heard some uh, interest from the Phillies into into Bogarts. Uh, what have you heard about that and any of the other rumors or teams tied to these, these four shortstops? Yeah, I mean, I've heard probably most of the rumors that you have and other people have. I heard that about Trey Turner. I think it's going to come down to probably like anything in life and anything with these guys that will come down to money. I did hear on baseball um, uh, MLB Network that Greg Amsinger uh, thought that Dansby Swanson would end up in a Mariner uniform. That's hard really? to say. Yeah, so that was kind of his prediction. So, I mean, it's everybody's just, you know, predicting, but that's one that I did hear about the Mariners in one of those shortstops. Yeah, and, you know, like they keep going, Seattle's a hard sell. It's this and that. I think the hard sell more than the travel because the travel is going to be a little bit equal now, a bit more. The Mariners may travel a little bit more next year, but it looks like possibly less, especially with the uh, way they have done the season where everybody plays everybody. Now teams are going to have to travel much more, so you can kind of take that out of the equation as as much. Um, And also, I think there was a stigma about Seattle. Loser franchise, loser place. uh, Nobody could hit in there, and... This season and the season before, you know, what they're building here, and especially with Julio getting the rookie of the year, Julio getting locked up, locking up, you know, somebody like Castillo, and just the vibe that has been seen nationally, I believe that's a place, if I'm a player, it's like, man, I I would like to play there. I do sound like a homer, but the atmosphere and the vibe has drastically changed. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, the vibe has changed. The Mariners... Like you said, they're a winning club the last couple of years. They made the playoffs. They've shown that they fork over the cash for good players. Yeah, that's a big deal to, you know, pending free agents. Yeah, and I wonder if, like, somebody, like, again, I've brought him up, too. I haven't really looked too much into that. Didn't do my homework on this, but Gene Segura. Gene Segura is a, a great hitter. Um, you know, he's, he's serviceable in the field. Wouldn't be somebody that you would put over at shortstop. He would have to come play second base. He's already played second base. Have you heard anything on the old Gene Gene, the hitting machine, specifically trying to hit uh, D. Gordon? I mean, I haven't heard anything specifically um, as far as any of the, you know, media outlets. I've read a few people mention that I I haven't really um thought about but his time where he got in that fight was a really big deal and that really has put off the Mariners so that could be a factor sure. in not wanting to bring him back Gene threw me a ball from the from the stands coming in on a third out I caught it I got video of that <laughs> I should probably put that on the uh, Instagram too so I'm all for 
uh, Gene Zucker Arbiter, just based off those statistics alone. No, but I, I, I hear you on that. Like, it might have just been something that was like, you know what? This is good, but it's it's just not it's just not a good fit, you know. Um, and, well, yeah, and with him him declining his seventeen million dollar player option, I just feel like he feels that he can get a lot more, and I just don't see the Mariners, you know, paying yeah. that that much more for that position. And like we talked about last episode, I just feel if the Mariners are going to keep JP at shortstop. They're going to look to upgrade at second base via trade. That well, would be my assumption. Well, that's a good uh, segue for the next thing I'd like to talk about, which is you know the the, the Depoto, the Depoto. We can't call it the Depoto show. We got to get a new name for it. I don't know the Depoto uh, depositions, the Depoto stuff. So since last episode, obviously he's been a busy man down there at the GM meetings with his GM, pretending he's not a GM. He's like the GM chaperone, right? He was the GM chaperone at Vegas in Vegas. Uh, and I wonder if he just hung out by the pool and did some drinks. No, he was the one doing all the talking, you know, and he said on the Jerry DePoto show, you know, the Mariners were pretty aggressive with their talking down there at spring training or sorry, at the GM meetings. Sorry. He's been looking for those athletic rangy type players that can play multiple positions, pit, hit in many spots in the lineup. We've kind of already seen that from like the blueprint right? With the players that we have there already. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. The Mariners have shown that they like that versatility. Like you said, I mean, especially off the bench, you know, with the Sam Haggerty, Dylan Moore type of players. Um, yeah. I, I would assume that's exactly the type of player that the Mariners are hoping to uh, acquire to make their team better and find a starter in the infield. Yeah, and uh, you know when he says rangy, he doesn't specifically just talk about defense either. So the switch hitters, that's why I think Josh Bell's kind of one of those people I would watch. He also got into two other things that were pretty interesting in the last uh, couple of interviews. One was obviously the Mitch Hanniger talk. Uh, obviously, since then, he has not gotten that qualifying offer but did explain like, hey, you know, Mitch knows where we're at. We know where Mitch is at. You know, there's 29 other suitors out there, but, you know, he's a locker room guy like we talked about. Uh, you know, obviously the 19 or $20 million offer is a bit high to pay somebody that hasn't strung together a lot of healthy seasons, but I think the Mariners did the right thing. I know that you kind of thought that was going to be the case. But it seemed to me there was a lot of talk about trying to get him back in here. I mean, he is the person that we know. That's why last episode I picked if we had one Mariner that was a free agent who would give us the most value that we could get back, and I think we could get back. That's why I landed on Mitch Hanniger. What do you think uh, now after you've heard what DePoto's got to say? Yeah, I mean, I think in reality, Jerry's being honest. Um, he's just, you know, they, the Mariners don't feel that he's that type of player at that price of 19 million but they want to give him the opportunity to see what's out there and hopefully you know for the mariners sake um the uh he doesn't get an offer that blows him out of the water so then there's a chance maybe he could come back to seattle on a more club friendly deal and when i mean club friendly i'm saying i don't know probably somewhere just below 15 million maybe 12 to 13 million for a one year or maybe you know, per year, maybe two-year contract at the most. I don't see anything more than that. But um, I, I think it's 
I, I truly believe Jerry would like to have him back at the right price. Yeah, and I don't think you're going to see him get signed back with us right away. I think this is another one of those wait and see. We'll see where the market. But honestly, like after Nemo and after Judge, you know, as far as the outfielders, you know, yeah, there's Ben Attendee and there's some other people, but it it's not that deep of a free agent pool this season, especially in the outfield. Yeah, I mean, the Mariners, you know, have their flow chart of kind of, you know, what they want, I would assume. And then they're just going to react how chips fall off the board or if chips will hopefully fall to them. And, you know, I think, like you said, Hanniger might be on the lower tier just to get things worked out. If these players, if they want to go to other, go end up going to other clubs, then they can, you know, get Mitch back. And like you said, probably later on in the free agent process. Yeah. And it definitely makes me ponder of where on the list of things to do is this, is this somebody, is, is Mitch going to be somebody we see signed after we sign these other pieces? Or is this somebody that we sign to be like, Hey, we're bringing back more of this nucleus. We still have other room. Also, he's somebody that can be a right-handed DH, you know, as far as flexibility with the lineup, like Jerry's talking about. Oh, I totally agree. He would be a great DH, you know, I mean, it would help keep him a little bit more healthy, I would assume, even though he got hurt up at the plate this year. I mean, to me, a perfect scenario would be Mitch, you know, DH in four days a week and playing maybe the outfield the other two to three, in my opinion. Yeah, so maybe you could see a, you know, Ty France Bell acquisition, let's say him, uh, and Hanniger kind of rotating through that DH spot, you know, on a six or seven day game week. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about it, that could be the case. It seems a little crowded to me, you know, but, you know, I'm all all for having great players off the bench as well. Yeah, well, and you're talking about two players in that crowd right there that one has gotten injuries, put himself back out on the field pretty quickly, and another player that hasn't been able to get themselves out on the, on the field consistently. And then you add a switch hitter that maybe doesn't have as much mobility. Maybe it's not as crowded as we think, you know, hype, you know, hypothetically going through 162 games. Well, yeah. I mean, the, I guess when I mean crowd, I mean getting starts, you know, I mean, the Mariners use their bench a lot for pinch hitting, especially towards the end of the year. I mean, if the player is willing to do that and, you know, the price is right. I could see that. It all, you know, it all come. you don't want to be paying, like, let's say, Bell a whole chunk of money just to be coming off the bench. But like you said, him rotating in at first and them, them rotating between Hanniger and playing the outfield in DH, yeah, I guess it's a possibility. I hate looking at the projected lineups or when they're like, here's what's going on with the Mariners. And you look at this lineup and they got, I'm sorry, they got Kelnick in left field and they got Winker at DH. That, we all know that's not what we're going to see, but that's just like if we had to call everybody up and tell them to grab their cleats, grab their cups, grab their bats, um, and come on down here. We're having a little bit of uh, Turkey Day baseball. But uh, I, I, I know that that's what they got to put on the screen. But um, specifically, let's just say, let's hypothetically, I should say, that nothing happens jerry just doesn't get anybody and we do wink get winker back or we don't move him 
do you see him being our everyday DH that you can trust? Or is this somebody you're like, hey, you can play to be a platoon player at DH because I don't think you see him hitting the outfield unless it's an emergency situation. Oh, I think um, I think it's a real possibility if things don't go the way the ends hope for Winker to be the DH. I mean, he's signed uh, through this year. His trade value is the lowest it's been. Like you said, he showed that his defense is not up to par. The reports are that he didn't work very hard. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a possibility that he could be a DH. Um, hopefully, you know, these injuries affected him this last year. Hopefully he gets, you know, he had his surgeries and they take care of his problems and his mobility and all that. And he can get his stroke back. You know, his problem was he never played as many games with Cincy throughout the year because of injuries and them just not playing him as much. So hopefully um, he can get his, like I said, the main thing is that he can get his swing back. But like you said, his, his defense just didn't stack up with what the Mariners want to do, especially in that big outfield at T-Mobile. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And let's just keep saying he is coming back as the H, and I would see it more of the against right-handers. I know people go, well, last year he hit left-handers maybe better, maybe hit him better, like, but still wasn't good. It wasn't good. So what I'm I'm asking is, could we see, because I haven't heard any news. You know I'm a big Kylo fan. He's the last rookie of the year that the Mariners had. I haven't heard any news on him. So two-part question. What is... What have you? What are you hearing, Hanno? What's the Hanno hot corner hot goss on Lewis? And number two, part of the question: Could you see him being part of this platoon at DH starting off in spring? Well, I mean, the last—I guess it was called the kind of end of the year post game or post game press conference that the Mariners had with Scott and and um, Jerry over at T-Mobile about three days after the season ended, uh, he was asked this question about Kyle Lewis, and he just said, hey, we hope Kyle Lewis uh, continues to get healthy and comes back better for us this year. I also read a report saying that he is up for arbitration, and um, it's not going to be much, but it could also mean that the Mariners don't offer it to him. So there's those possibilities as well, too, that he might not be a part of this organization. But on the other hand, maybe he could be. So it's kind of like where you asked me the question, it's still up in limbo. Yeah, it's such a mind bender that you mentioned that, that he's been in our organization and been around long enough that he's already at, at arbitration. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Let's do a little bit of, you know, more hypotheticals. I know we got to do hypothetical. Let's look at some of the the uh, Twitter or Reddit or some of these, you know, crazier ideas or rumors that have kind of bubbled to the surface that have given it some sort of some sort of street cred at least. I know that there were trade packages, you know, that we've heard um, a lot of Marco and Flexen and Winker together, a Marco, Winker, Kelnick, Brash one I saw for certain things. What do you think's a big package for somebody big that you could see realistically happening with players that are already major league ready to play on uh, by 2023? Um, the, the main two I've really seen is, like you mentioned, with our 
fifth and sixth starters of our pitching staff. First one is obviously Flexen. He's only on a one-year contract for $8 million. He throws strikes. He's really improved since coming over from the uh, Japanese league. And he's uh, was uh, I think a he was in the Korean. I think he was in the uh, Korean league. That's you're right. I'm sorry that you're correct. Um, and um, he was sought after highly, I guess, at the trade deadline. So he's one that I think could go. And most people that I've read uh, have stated that as well. The other is Marco. He's another guy who eats a lot of innings, but as we know, he's not a strikeout type pitcher, and that's kind of how the league has changed so much with guys that can really blow guys away. So he might be a little harder, plus he has two years left on his deal. So that's basically what I've heard so far about the trades is most of them have involved our pitching staff. Yeah, and I keep seeing uh, Winker being part of you know a lot of this where they're like, he would be a salary dump, which would be a trip because he was traded for and Eugenio was the salary dump in his deal. Yeah, I mean, he anybody can be traded, that's for sure. I mean, it's hard to – his trade value is probably the lowest it's ever been. But on the other hand, the year before, he had a great year. So um, with the team getting him, they could be hoping that he is back to what he was. And I'm sure the Mariners are hoping that as well. So it's hard to say if there would be a trade out there where it would be fair for the Mariners to get back something quality in return. Yeah, and I believe he's making about $8 million as well. I don't know how much Marco's making, uh, but I'm sure it's over ten. I would say, this year. I think we're getting into the part of Marco's contract where you want to move him if you can. Yeah, I, I, I read something. I, like you said, I double digits uh, as far as in the millions um, for the next two years per year so yeah i mean it's a good chunk of change but for starting pitching it's really not that much you know yeah and listen if i had to get stuck with one of these guys as my sixth starter i'm not worried about it you know flex and yeah he had it this is a weird thing about flex is yeah he went out to the he went out to the bullpen i know that the mayor there's reports that the mariners were trying to move marco and kelnick and and winker i, I mean so i mean that's what divish was saying this last week they were trying to move them at the deadline last year nothing really came of it so i feel like you'll probably kind of see the same you know action right now uh but as far as you know flexing he he he's the guy that went out to the bullpen he hit you know he still had a three seven seven era and i would say those numbers i'd have to go back i would like to see what his numbers were like before we had to move him to the bullpen because i know he had a couple of outings that weren't so great had some adjustments a little bit of garbage time where you know he gave up some runs and some innings so i feel like on that era that's a bit inflated well yeah i mean and this is the best rotation in my lifetime as being a seattle manor fan and to have Either one of those guys at the very back of your rotation in the five spot. I mean, in my opinion, you can't go wrong with them. Sure, they're frustrating. Sure, Marco's frustrating at times. But those are great guys to have to give you hopefully 30 starts a year because they can do that. And if you get some offense along with your team, you can win some ball games with those guys on the bump every fifth day. I hear you. And we've been hard on Marco at times and very complimentary at times. It's There's just been a big love-hate you know, relationship with Marco and the Mariners fans 
especially online. A lot of it is unjust do bullshit. Um, even, look, I've go back on the catalogs. I've, I've been not so great on, on Marco, but I've not, I've been more like, he's not a front end guy, which he isn't anymore. Um, you know, he's, he's our fifth or our sixth starter, um, depending on, uh, you know, who's, who's performing and who's left. Um, there's not a lot of guys except for the top dudes, you know, the top arms, you know, in the free agent class outside of that, I feel like you're just making a wash here for, for somebody, if you're getting rid of these guys. Yeah. I mean, like we've talked about before with being so fortunate with not having an injury in our starting staff last year. I mean, that's just unheard of, but it's also unheard of to, you know, carry uh, all an extra starter and having a sixth starter as well. And besides, I read also that coming into spring training, they're going to have uh, Matt Brash uh, stretched out to give him an opportunity to start again as well. I personally like him more in the bullpen, but um, I just feel it's kind of wrapping it up with these two, um, Marco and Flex, and I just feel that one of them won't be back. I agree. I agree. One of them has value that you have to move right now if you're going to make a move. I also want to, you know, follow up on what you just said there about Brash. I agree. I like him coming out of the bullpen. But also, what does he want to do? You know, what does he want to do? How does he see his career? And also, maybe, maybe that's just some spin. That's just some spin for somebody to come by and be like, look what this guy's done out of the bullpen, this guy should be a fucking starter. Who do you want for him? How much does he cost? Oh, you're, that's a good point on the spin. I mean, as well, if you want to make a move, it's every time I see a name pop up, it's usually Matt Brash because he's young and he's successful and a starter is worth a lot more. And like you said, besides maybe what he wants to do, a starter makes a lot more money as well, unless you're a, a closer but, um, yeah, that's a great I, – I like what you're thinking there. It's some spin in case maybe he's a trade ship. And the other person I had – I heard this stuff is the Kelnick thing. But the Kelnick – here's the thing about the Kelnick. I've, if the right opportunity came around, depends on who you can get to be in the outfield. You know, you somehow land somebody like Judge. Uh, well, you'd probably have to keep Kelnick because it's cheaper. But I – what I'm saying, what I'm trying to get at is that we've invested a lot of time in Kelnick. He's not costing us a lot. He's also, you know, I believe two years younger than, you know, Pena on uh, Houston, who has turned out to be one of the better rookies. So that kind of does put it into perspective. He is younger. If the Mariners were to move him, you're not getting the value that you should. And I feel like at this point, let's just say you keep him and he ends up being not what you thought he was. Your organization's in a different place than when you got him. And definitely when you first brought him up to the major leagues that it doesn't hurt as much. Oh yeah. I mean, he came out being, you know, the so-called superstar. It's really hard to, you know, project what these guys are going to be. There's not so many Julio Rodriguez out there. And yeah, like you said, I mean, he's still young. Sure, some of the fan base is really down on him because he's gotten, you know, almost a year's worth of at-bats, but he's still 22. Uh, to me, the pitching is the best it's ever been in my lifetime. So 
So it might take some guys a little bit longer, but maybe he won't be that guy. But he's, he could be a great fourth outfielder for you, and he doesn't cost that much. So to me, if you're going to trade him, yeah, I, everybody's tradable. And it, it just depends on what you get back for him, in my opinion. But I wouldn't give up him, give up on him as a major leaguer quite yet. But um, he might not be that superstar that people projected him to be. We're skipping practice tomorrow. Pass the word. We're skipping practice tomorrow. Pass the word. We're skipping practice tomorrow. Pass the word. We're skipping practice tomorrow. Extra long practice tomorrow. Pass the word. Extra long. Maury Wills means business. Watch the 1981 Seattle Mariners at the Kingdom. Next chance you get. The Mariners at the Kingdom. So we've talked about Julio. We've talked about trades. We've talked about the GM meetings. But now let's get down to the biggest pressing big news of the day and that is what what is the hot hot corner hano hot goss of the day oh i've seen that the mariners on their website posted that uh center field will now be opened up for all fans that will not no longer be for corporate events throughout the uh, 2023 season all 81 games the center field is re back open i'm not a big go out to center field anymore it's kind of a kind of a frat house young person's hangout uh but i do like the message that it sends last year we've talked about this tirelessly on here you couldn't go there you couldn't go in the terrace above edgar's and you could not go up to the trident deck which we busted our ass many a times going up there just to be like maybe this is the day maybe this is the day no it's been shut down the bartenders the people working up there you know i'm not going to name names so people don't get in trouble not up there down there anywhere you don't know where i'm talking about them but they they've expressed to us too they they like when the regular fans come in there and think about that if you're pouring drinks maybe there's like a hundred people in this corporate party 20 20 of them are drunks you know versus just the numbers game of people coming up and boom, 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 card, card, card. Um, but it is cool because that has always, those places have always been, except for like once in a while, a special event you would see out there. But th- that's been part of the Mar- going to a Mariners game atmosphere, especially during the lean years. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope that, I mean, I've only been to one corporate event for uh, at a Mariner game and it was, held at the hit at your cafe and i thought that was great and with the new thing opening up behind home plate i think they're gonna you know that'll be a place for all these corporate events to happen um i'm hoping that like you said up above edgar's um which is great because it's um a nice little area 21 and over you know, I hope that's opened up. And then even the Trident Deck, that's another good spot. The Trident Deck is so, awesome. Best best sunset in the city, you know, in my opinion right there. Just, I love it. And and also, like, all of these spots, you know, being closed, especially down in the center field and in left field with the deck being closed, it created this weird bottleneck area because everybody, probably not everybody, but a lot of people had the same idea that, you know, we might do, we're like, let's walk down there and see what's going. Oh, we can't, we get to this rope that you can't go into. And it creates this big bottleneck area. 
Um, so I'm hoping that had something to do with it too. Cause I, I did notice how backed up it would make those areas when you couldn't, you know, access this center field area that was pretty much empty. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was frustrating that, you know, you got 500 or more people kind of in the upper section of center field. And then down below you got, you know, your 50 hot dogs and a warmer there just waiting to be eaten by about six or seven. I mean, there's probably more than that, 20 people at a corporate event, you know, and it's just wide open. So it'll be nice to get the, uh, atmosphere back for the fans who really enjoy it out in center field yeah and remember puffy jack at night when we went there there was a situation that you got in there early uh it was a puffy vest night i'm sorry uh puffy vest night and you couldn't get into these areas you had to stay there until they opened it up well nobody could go into that extra center field part you know created a huge log jam yeah you're right fire hazard yeah, and then I also saw uh, that there is going to be a lot more of those 6.40 start times, which I do not like. I do not like them. Uh, I am a 7 o'clock. Let's start this game at 7. You said that the, the weekend game or Friday night games are still going to be at 7.10. But, like, yeah, it's 6.40 is tough. Um, we've, uh, you know, for people that work during the day, this you know, they get to the game at, what, the fourth inning? You know, seven o'clock, at least you can get off of work by six, get down there, you know, but the 640, that, that's really quick. That, I mean, that's really early for, you know, a, a nine to fiver that's going to the games. I, that is my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, it, to me, it's 20 minutes. I'll, I, if my brain is focused, there's been many a times throughout this last year where those start times that I turn on the game at seven and it's already an inning in. But I think it's due to, uh, you know, for the kids that go to school and everything else. That's kind of what was told to me. But uh, I thought it had to yeah. do something with the daylight. I, I, you know, down here in Anaheim, down here at the Anaheim games, their games start at 637 a lot, um, which is weird. They do the same thing in Oakland. Um, and it's just tough. I mean, there's many times where my girlfriend couldn't even go to the games last year. You know, you don't get off till after six and then the game's already going and then it's just a bitch and you can't park anywhere down there. Uh, I, uh, a lot of people just, you know, I think the seven, I know you said it's 20 minutes, but I think a lot of the games are at seven ten, right at one point in, in our lives. So, I mean, that's a whole half an hour. Sure. Maybe I just sound, uh, like a traditionalist, but I, I don't like it. One thing, though, that I did see cool is another, just to finish us off here, is there are the $10 bleacher seats are back this season. A lot of people were worried about that. That didn't help with the uh, season ticket prices going up, but that's nice to see that you can still get those $10 outfield tickets. They're going to have the uh, value nights with $30 um, or $20 uh, like main level and $30 terrace on specific night. You know, the terrace is like the new place of a certain age. People like that, like our age, like to go there now. Have you noticed that? I'm not, I like to be close to the field, but now people are doing this terrace. The terrace is basic. The terrace club is basically like the fake suites. You know, it's like the bootleg suites. What do you feel about like the terrace area? I mean, I, it's, 
it's different. I've sat in there a couple times. I like it. I think it's easier to get um, concessions for sure. And they have a little bit of high quality, a little bit more high quality food up there. Um, so, I mean, it's fine. I, you know, I, I like the, the $10 um, center field bleacher, you know, especially when I was young, you know, that was the cover charge to go uh, hang out down there in center field, which now they opened up again. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. So I, I don't have a problem with the Terrace Club. No, it's, it's cool. I just like being down on the field. I'm just being a fucking asshole. Anyways, uh, we're running out of time here for episode three here of season two, the Mariners off-season program, programming. Uh, you know, we'll be back again next Tuesday morning, unless there's a bonus episode. You never know when there's going to be a bonus episode. So that's why you like follow, subscribe, rate and review. And just knowing what's going on in the rye bread and mustard world, they'll come straight to you. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back. Hopefully there's some, some moves being made. Uh, there's always moves. It seems like they start happening right around Thanksgiving. So we'll be back Tuesday morning, um, for sure to, you know, get you all ready for some hot gossip and giving you some information if you're just busy and you're, you're like i don't really get into the off season we'll be your cheat sheet for you know all the uh, arguments you can have with your <laughs> with your family if people start talking about politics you can just you know transition into mariners politics and you know hopefully they'll have a strong opinion about it because the the mariners are the shit and uh you know they are a hot item here this christmas season so you know don't be afraid to uh get your gear especially the rye bread and mustard gear that you can get here pretty get here pretty shortly for the holiday seasons at simply cora or just hit us up at the rye bread mustard instagram we'll put some pictures up we got them they're ready to go hoodies t-shirts no tank tops yet it's too early for tank tops and of course we have the t-ball baseball sleeves we still haven't got the, uh, the monogram towels yet, but uh, we're working on that. Anyways, uh, this is episode three here on the off season, on season two. Be back Tuesday, like I said. Have I said it enough? Now you know we're coming back. Hannah, you know what fucking time it is. Before before I know what time it was, oh. all the people behind the scenes and myself included want to wish you a happy birthday. We know it's your birthday this week. <laughs> So happy birthday from all all of us at Rye Bread and Mustard to you, the creator of this wonderful podcast. Happy yeah. birthday. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know what I'm going to do with my last days of being 29 here, but I got a couple days left. Anyways, Hannah, you know what fucking time it is. Okay, let me make sure I save it this time. Hold on.